Hey everyone and welcome back to the Live with Rachel podcast. I'm Rachel and today we're going to be doing our final episode in our study through the Book of Romans. It's taken us quite a while to get here but we're finally here. Today we're going to be reading through the last verses which will be from chapter 15 verse 25 to chapter 16 verse 27. Just to recap, we just finished verses 8 to 24 of chapter 15, which was all about Jesus and Paul's ministry to the Gentiles, but we mainly focused on Paul though, and Paul was explaining how he was called by God to share the good news of Jesus to the Gentiles and to bring those people to faith in him. And he was also emphasizing on how universal the good news is. Like, it's not just for the Jews, but Salvation is available to anyone who believes in Jesus, no matter who you are, and that is still applicable for today. And at that time, though, in that time period, that was actually a very radical idea, since so many people at the time believed that salvation was only available to those who followed the old Jewish law. In today's section, Paul is wrapping up his letter to the church in Rome, and he mentions the Gentiles' ministry to the Jews, which we talked about in previous episodes. And he also asks for the Roman church to pray for him as he travels. He mentions a bunch of people. He warns potential enemies and so on. So let's just get right into it. Now, fair warning, it is a bit of a big chunk, but I'll be reading it in the New Living Translation and we'll break it all down. So let's just get right into it. It says this, But before I come, I must go to Jerusalem to take a gift to the believers there. For you see, the believers in Macedonia and Achaia have eagerly taken up an offering for the poor among the believers in Jerusalem. They were glad to do this because they feel they owe a real debt to them. Since the Gentiles received the spiritual blessings of the good news from the believers in Jerusalem, they feel the least they can do in return is to help them financially. As soon as I have delivered this money and completed this good deed of theirs, I will come to see you on my way to Spain. And I am sure that when I come, Christ will richly bless our time together. Dear brothers and sisters, I urge you in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to join in my struggle by praying to God for me. Do this because of your love for me, given to you by the Holy Spirit. Pray that I will be rescued from those in Judea who refuse to obey God. Pray also that the believers there will be willing to accept the donation that I am taking to Jerusalem. Then, by the will of God, I will be able to come to you with a joyful heart, and we will be an encouragement to each other. And now, may God, who gives us his peace, be with you all. Amen. I commend to you our sister Phoebe, who is a deacon in the church in Centrea. Welcome her in the Lord as one who is worthy of honor among God's people. Help her in whatever she needs, for she has been helpful to many and especially to me. Give my greetings to Priscilla and Aquila, my co-workers in the ministry of Christ Jesus. In fact, they once risked their lives for me. I am thankful to them, and so are all the Gentile churches. Also, give my greetings to the church that meets in their home. Greet my dear friend Epinetus. He was the first person from the province of Asia to become a follower of Christ. Give my greetings to Mary, who has worked so hard for your benefit. Greet Andronicus and Junia, my fellow Jews, who are in prison with me. They are highly respected among the apostles and became followers of Christ before I did. Greet Ampliatus, my dear friend in the Lord. Greet Urbanus, our co-worker in Christ, and my dear friend Stachius. Greet Apelles, a good man whom Christ approves, and give my greetings to the believers from the household of Istrobulus. Greet Herodian, my fellow Jew. Greet the Lord's people from the household of Narcissus. Give my greetings to Trophina and Tryphosa, the Lord's workers, and to dear Persis, who has worked so hard for the Lord. Greet Rufus, 
whom the Lord picked out to be his very own, and also his dear mother, who has been a mother to me. Give my greetings to Asynchronous, Phlegon, Hermes, Patrobas, Hermes, and the brothers and sisters who meet with them. Give my greetings to Philogius, Julia, Narius, and his sister, and to Olympus and the believers who meet with them. Greet each other with a sacred kiss. All the churches of Christ send you their greetings. And now I make one more appeal, my dear brothers and sisters. Watch out for people who cause divisions and upset people's faith by teaching things contrary to what you've been taught. Stay away from them. Such people are not serving Christ our Lord. They are serving their own personal interests. By smooth talk and glowing words, they deceive innocent people. But everyone knows that you are obedient to the Lord. This makes me very happy. I want you to be wise in doing right and to stay innocent of any wrong. The God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. May the grace of our Lord Jesus be with you. Timothy, my fellow worker, sends you his greetings, as do Lucius, Jason, and Sosipata, my fellow Jews. I, Tertius, the one writing this letter for Paul, send my greetings too, as one of the Lord's followers. Gaius says hello to you. He is my host and also serves as host to the whole church. Erastus, the city treasurer, sends you his greetings, and so does our brother, Quartus. Now all glory to God, who is able to make you strong, just as my good news says. This message about Jesus Christ has revealed his plan for you Gentiles, a plan kept secret from the beginning of time. But now, as the prophets foretold, and as the eternal God has commanded, this message is made known to all Gentiles everywhere, so that they too might believe and obey him. All glory to the only wise God, through Jesus Christ forever. Amen. Okay, my goodness, those names were a mouthful. So let's break this down. So in verses 25 to 33 of chapter 15, Paul and his friends had received a special offering from the Gentile churches in Greece for the suffering Jewish saints in Jerusalem. You can learn all about the details in 2 Corinthians chapters 8 and chapter 9. And also, there were lots of purposes behind this special offering. To start with, It was an expression on the part of the Gentiles towards their Jewish friends. Second, it was meant to be a practical relief effort at the time when the poor Jewish believers needed it the most. And third, it helped to unite the Jews and Gentiles in the church together. It was a bond that was supposed to draw them closer together. Now, I've said this before in previous episodes, but we who are Christians today should feel a sense of obligation to the nation of Israel. And that's because they brought us the good news of Jesus to begin with. So we should always be praying for them and we should always look for ways to help them in material ways. Anti-Semitism has absolutely no place in the life of a dedicated Christian. Also, this offering wasn't just a practical relief effort, but it was also fruit coming from the Gentiles. Now, remember, fruit is the natural result of a person's walk with God. That's what we're talking about in this context. When the life of God's spirit overflows through a church, giving is no problem at all. That's how you know a church is thriving. Moving on to chapter 16, Paul greets about 26 people by name, as you can tell, since I struggled with some of those names. I probably really butchered those names, and I'm really sorry if I did. But he also has two unnamed people, and he also greets several churches that were meeting in homes. He closed with greetings from nine believers who were with him in Corinth when he wrote the letter as well. Now, why does all of this matter? Well, it shows that Paul wasn't just an apostle, but he was also a friend maker. He didn't just live an isolated life. He had believing friends and he appreciated them. And they were such a great help to him personally and also to his ministry. 
If you were to look at many notable Christians throughout history, you'll actually notice that they were all people who could make friends. They multiplied themselves in the lives of their friends and the associates in ministry. And the Bible also tends to refer to us as sheep sometimes, and sheep always flock together. So remember, we always need people. Anyway, Paul starts with Phoebe, who carried the letter to the church in Rome, and she was a deaconess in the church. And this actually was possible for the time period because some people don't believe that it was, but there were women in the early church who served the Lord by visiting the sick and assisting young women and also helping the poor. And Paul encourages the church to actually look after her. Moving on, we also have Priscilla and Aquila, who were mentioned in Acts chapter 18 and 26. And he made a special mention about how they risk their lives for him, which I think is an incredible note to also say, because how many of our friends would risk their lives for us? He also mentions Epinatus, Amplius, Stachius, and Persis. I probably butchered those names. But the first guy was one of the first converts in Asia, as it says. And Andronicus and Junia were also labeled as my fellow Jews, which might mean that they were from the same tribe of Benjamin that Paul was. Or maybe he was just simply referring to the fact that maybe them too, they were also Jews. There's also many more names, but basically what we get from this list is that we should be thankful to the devoted people who fulfilled their ministries to the glory of God, both past and present, and also looking towards the future. We should look to these people and we should see them as role models to follow in ministry because they really are such a great inspiration. Okay, moving on to verses 17 and onwards, we get Paul's first instructions and he starts us with a warning. Not everyone was working with Paul for the same goal of spreading the good news. There were some who, for selfish reasons, were dividing the churches by teaching false doctrine. And these people were probably the same Judaizers who had given Paul trouble in other churches as well. Instead of teaching the truth, these men would spread their own religious propaganda and lies and manipulation in their speeches. Now, this shouldn't be a surprise when I say that, you know, if you look around, we have the same problem today. And Christians should be aware of false teachers and beware of them and diligently seek to discern between the truth and lies. Paul tells us very, very clearly that we need to identify them and avoid them. It's actually a matter of listening to God and a testimony to other people. The issue isn't making or keeping friends here, but in pleasing God and maintaining a consistent testimony. In verse 20, it says, The God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet, which can suggest that perhaps these false teachers actually come from Satan himself. And one day, as you know, if you've read the book of Revelation, even he will be completely defeated one day. And that's something that we can all hold on to. Moving on to the last section, verses 21 to 27. Timothy is mentioned often in the book of Acts and also in the epistles. He was known as Paul's son in the faith and worked with Paul in many hard places. And like I said, there were many other people mentioned, all very, very important to note. But I want to talk on the closing statements that Paul made. And it's probably the longest closing statement Paul's ever written in his letters. It reflects on his special ministry to the Gentiles. The secret or mystery, as the word is in other translations, has to do with God's program of uniting believing Jews and Gentiles together to be one church body. And this was Paul's special message also. It was because of this message that the Judaizers persecuted Paul in the first place because they wanted to maintain Jewish privileges. Both Jews and Gentiles in the Roman churches needed to know what God's program was. 
And Paul explains this in chapters 9 and 11, which we've covered already. But Paul explains that Christians are to be established by the truth. God's plan of salvation to the Christians is to establish us so that we would share the truth with those who don't know. We can't share something with other people that we don't have ourselves. So that's kind of the whole point of Romans. It's very important. And after studying this letter, we should feel more stable in the faith and a lot more excited to share Jesus with others. I know it's not easy. I even struggle with it, but we'll get there with time, patience and practice and also with relying on God's leading. And the result of all of this is exactly what Paul says in verse 27. All glory to the only wise God through Jesus Christ forever. And that's where I'm going to leave our last episode of studying Romans. I really enjoyed doing this book study together and I would love to do more in the future, whether it be Psalms or John maybe or even Ephesians perhaps. Anything really, just let me know what you guys want to hear. But in the meantime, I'll be going back to topical episodes for a while, which I really hope that you'll enjoy. Anyway, I hope you guys have a really great rest of your day and I'll see you in the next episode. Bye everyone.